to part two of our conversation with Esperance farmer and innovator Mick Fells. In part one, we chatted to Mick about why he felt the need to come up with a new design for the feeder drum, which he has now patented and called the Typhoon. Well, sticking with his fairly powerful product names, we're now also going to talk about the Twister, which can further improve your harvest efficiencies. So over to you, Mick. So um, the Twister was sort of a, it's it's an accessory, I guess, um, for Macdon France, specifically for Macdon France. A big problem with Macdon France, especially the older models, the D60 and the D65 particularly, is uh, the chain that drives the feed drum, the tensioner that keeps that chain tight, uh, is just running in a, in a sort of a linear track with a bolt that tightens it up. And it, especially when you're reversing the drum, which does happen a lot with you don't have a typhoon fitted, uh, the chain tensioner can can slacken off when you reverse when you reverse the drum uh, because the the slack side of the chain becomes the tight side of the chain. And uh, and when that happens, when, once you go forward again then the chain will jump off. And once it jumps off, it can do all sorts of damage in there. Um, it can, you know, can cause thousands of dollars worth of damage to your, to your covers and, and the drum itself and, and the sprocket. And it's a terrible job to have to get in there and fix it. It's really not fun at all on a hot day. I've done it a few times and I've never enjoyed it. So there was some ideas going around on Twitter at the time, you know, using little bits of threaded rod, nuts and bolts and welding stuff on to try to stop it from coming off. But, I'm, I'm never sort of happy with a, a workaround fix like that. I wanted something that was sort of just a bit easier and a, a bit bit nicer, a bit more elegant, and sort of came up with the idea of the um, the snail shell sort of a helix, uh, which which locks it, and it's, it's just a one hand operation, and you don't have to do any welding or drilling or anything. You literally just remove the bolt that holds the tensioner on, stick the twister in, and then do the bolt back up again, and um, and it's a positive lock. There's no way at all that the um, that the tensioner can move once that's on. So, look, I've been really happy with that. It's um, saved a lot of people a lot of lot of dramas, and it's it's not an expensive fitment. So, even if people don't fit a typhoon, I still strongly recommend that they put a twister in because it can save downtime. Um, and of course, you get your downtime at the worst possible moments. You know, middle of a stinging hot day, and everything's going well, and then you're down for two hours trying to replace a broken chain. So, it's a bit of a no-brainer that one. Did you um, come up with the names Typhoon and Twister? Where did they come from? I... <laughs> Where did they... Well, the Twister, you know, you twist it to stick it on. That, that seemed to make sense. And we had the Typhoon. Um, yeah, the Typhoon, you know, it's it's, it's like a uh, it's, it's like a Typhoon going through your front. There's no avoiding it. Yeah, and it's just, it's just a big whoosh of crop just going straight up your front. So, yeah, that's where the, the name Typhoon came from. And then... Twister seemed a pretty good um, accessory for the typhoon, so uh, yeah, that's that's where they came from. But it's interesting. Um, we have evolved the typhoon, as I mentioned earlier. There's, there's sort of a third generation coming through now with the typhoon, and that started with the John Deere model. So we came up with the John Deere model in uh, 2019, I think it was, um, and I started from ground zero with the John Deere model because. The John Deere feed drum is, is a totally different design on the John Deere Draper fronts to the Macdons. So there's no point trying to adapt a Macdon one to suit a John Deere. It was just totally different. The needs were different and the problems were different as well. So the, especially the older John Deere fronts did have a lot of problems feeding in canola, same as the Macdons did. So 
and I was getting a lot of requests for John Deere. So I, I came up with a prototype and um, had some willing farmers help us out by testing it for us. And it's, it, it is completely different to the McDonald variant and uh, works incredibly well. And we're now playing with actually <laughs> using that concept for a McDonald variant. So we, we, we'll be trying that soon. It's like a, um, you know, it's like a, a mix master, really, a thrasher, um, just grabbing hold of the crop and pulling it through. It's got a lot more paddle flights and it doesn't have the big flights on it. And it also has a much longer reach on the fingers than, than even the original John Deere feed drum does. So, um, and now we've made them for the Midwest front as well, using the same design principle. And I've actually got them in my 60-foot Midwest, which we bought last year. Um, so I was I was harvesting along about seven or eight com- kilometres an hour in a three-ton canola crop, and it was just it was just hoovering it up, and that's with a 60-foot front. So uh, so that was very impressive. So I'm pretty excited about the Generation Three typhoons coming through now. And I see that they're not just um, being sold in Australia now. The you know, farmers overseas are looking at them as well. Is that right? Yeah, look, we, uh, we've been selling them into Canada for the last two years and moving into the US as well. So, um, yeah, look, I mean, they've, they've got all the same problems that we've got. And, uh, pretty, you know, it starts, out, it starts out for most people is when they have a broken feed drum and they're weighing up the cost of repairing their feed drum and then they look at the cost of a typhoon and realise that it's actually similar to the cost of repairing their original one. So... So that's that's sort of where the initial inquiry comes from, and then once they've got them and realised the difference in productivity, and the neighbours start cottoning on, that's when you know the, the phone starts running hot. There's a lot of demand in Canada and the US, just like there is in Australia. So, um, look, I don't do it as as a business first and foremost. I, I do it because it, it needed doing, and and nobody else was doing it, so I did it. But you know, it, it is. Um, it turns out it's actually quite a good business as well because a lot of people are having the same problems that we have. Mick, can you give us a quick overview of the season down in Esperance? Look, it's been a um, <laughs> it's been a mixed bag. There's I've got neighbours who um, who are still they've been getting bogged since the end of March, um, and then there's there's ourselves. Um, we've been dry all season. We've been on our second driest year in 20 years here. Um, we're only up to 140 mils when we went away on our holidays at the start of July, which is about half our average. But we've had 65 mils since we went away. So in the last three weeks, we've had 65 mils and a um, bit of a game changer, really. Suddenly everything's perking up and um, we're madly spreading a bit more nitrogen on the crops. And look, I think um, I think things are looking pretty good. And I think for most of the district, it's actually looking pretty good. Certainly, some pretty wicked-looking canola crops around the place. So, um, so yeah. Look, I, I think it's, uh, it's it's looking pretty positive. And having driven through the wheat belt recently, I think most of the wheat belt's looking pretty good. Thanks very much for joining me today on the Harvest Loss podcast. I'm Joe Fullwood, and don't forget to keep checking in on your podcast app for new episodes as we head towards the harvest season. This podcast has been brought to you by Primary Sales and is for information purposes only. Visit Primary Sales online at primarysales.com.au.